Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. This is a special, uh, never-done-before podcast with uh, the one and only Mark Podolsky and Alex Youngblood. Two of the three of us are on treadmills, and uh, Alex am... is not because he didn't get the memo. Okay, wait, 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 wait. This is what I'll do. Ready? <laughs> he spins on a chair. <laughs> I, well, yeah, there you go. Get that heart rate up, Alex. So, you know, Alex, sitting is the new smoking, as Mark said earlier. Sitting is the new smoking. What about, what about spinning? That was, that was kind of like spin class, right? Doesn't count. Yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> three, three minutes of the podcast, Alex is puking everywhere. It's a first in podcast history. So you know, what's funny is that you guys are walking, right? And um, yeah. we just... Uh, this year ventured into the homeschooling route with uh, our mm. our kids. We have four small kids, so it's been interesting because uh, you can get three of them engaged, but the three-year-old, um, well, I have eight, seven, five, and three, and the three-year-old is a little, uh, he needs attention, and rightfully so, right? So, um, but anyway, with the homeschooling thing, um, I've been running with my boys in the morning, right? My, my seven-year-old and my eight-year-old. And I was like, holy smokes, this morning, I felt like I actually had to try to keep, to keep it going. I was starting to, I was running and I was like, you know what, you know, you think you're going to just run a little slower to make uh-huh. sure, you know, he can keep up and he, and he feels good. But as we were going along, I'm like, whoa, this kid is keeping going. I'm like, okay, I got to press go a little bit more. I'm like, wow, he's, he's eight years old. Were you running outside? Yeah, outside. Yeah. Wow. Around the neighborhood. <laughs> well, Mark Eight doesn't. Mark, you don't even <laughs> run at all, do you? You just walk pretty much all day on this treadmill almost? I, I walk to the point where, you know, if I don't have 15,000 steps by noon, I go into a big ball of shame. How many, so, how many miles 15, is that? Yeah, good question. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, but I, I walk a lot to the point where, like, my wife is like, you're you're crazy. Like, why don't you sit and rest? Because I'm exhausted at night, and and like I'm having like IT band issues. I gotta find like, you know, from walking. From, well, I've been doing this for years. Wow. So you know, I'm not I'm not young like you, Alex. I you know, it's catching up with me. <laughs> so I'm I'm checking That's this amazing. right now on Google. What are you checking? How many fifteen thousand steps? steps to miles. 10,000 steps take, is right? five miles. 10,000 steps is five miles. So you're walking about seven wow. and a half, eight miles a day. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So wow. I, I didn't want to do this podcast and make Mark feel alone um, by walking all by himself. So I got my treadmill. It's not as nice and fancy as his. And so then he's got his at 1.1. Is that miles per hour? Is that what that is, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. I got mine up to 1.4, and so I was walking faster than him because I can't let him one-up me. But then I realized, you know what, if I keep this up in the whole podcast at the end, I'm going to be winded, and you're going to hear me breathing heavily, and it's going to be awkward, uh, and Mark's going to stay <laughs> just cool. But uh, okay, anyway, enough of that. Uh, this is a Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and I'm Joe McCall. I'm with one and only Alex Youngblood and our special guest, Mark Podolsky from the Passive Income Land Geek Show, something like that. Isn't that what do you call it now, Mark? So it's the uh, Art of Passive Income, and then there's the Best Passive Income Model Podcast, which we don't keep up with anymore. The current one's the Art of Passive Income, okay. and uh, and then thelandgeek.com is the website. Okay, so the Art of Passive Income Podcast, and he's got a fantastic course called the Land Geek. What do you call it now? It's the Land Geek uh, System Profit Generator. It's not the Land Profit Generator. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's someone that's else. Jack Bosch. That's Jack Bosch. I, I love Jack Bosch. I know I do too. Uh, mine's the Investor's Toolkit. The Investor's Toolkit. I knew that. Uh, so a yeah. lot of you guys know, and I've, Alex, I've talked to you about it before. Uh, I've been investing in land now for about a year and a half, just part, part-time. We've done 25 deals-ish, maybe more. Super easy. Why we're not doing it full-time, I don't know yet. 
Um, just haven't had the time to really focus on it. But when we do focus on it and we turn up our marketing, we do deals. And uh, Mark's course was really instrumental. I actually went out and I bought four different courses on land investing. And uh, I have a couple that are not my favorite and a couple that are my favorite. And Mark's is one of them. And uh, really good, simple system. And uh, we're not talking about flipping land in the inner city. Although you can do that, but it's really hard. We're not talking about flipping land in the suburbs because that's too expensive. We're talking about flipping vacant land in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, nowhere, Oregon, nowhere, Arizona. You're buying these things for 500 bucks. We got a letter from Mark, Alex, on we bought a piece of land uh, and flipped it real quick. But somehow Mark must have pulled the list while we owned it. And he actually sent me, I felt so honored, like the Mark Podolsky. Uh, sent That's funny. Frontier Properties uh, sent me an offer for one of my properties, and uh, it was like five hundred bucks. I felt like I wanted to just like write an angry response or call him and leave an angry voicemail. Like you want to, you want to make people <laughs> mad, Alex? You send them an offer for ten to fifteen cents on the dollar for their. Oh property. yeah. I'm feeling lazy here. I almost think I need to stand up and walk in place, <laughs> like moonwalk or something like that <laughs> just just jog in place alex yeah 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 I'll jog in place here we go Let's see. All right. All right. oh what, yeah now yeah. it's not gonna work yeah. do, do do a few uh you know jumping jacks but you, yeah but you know it's so funny joe's we were just i was just talking with uh a couple people about <laughs> the land investing and in you know you know we got hurricane harvey you got hurricane irma you got some Ooh. other hurricane coming down the pike. Jose. Jose. It's like, we don't have to worry about that. Like the mental bandwidth of, oh, I wonder what's going to happen to one of my mm-hmm. rental homes never comes into the equation. You know, I don't ever get that call at three in the morning. Hey, uh, you know, the roof is leaking or the toilet's not working. Like it's just a headache free way of creating passive income. That's not sexy. I, I agree. Uh, you know, we, we shuffle paper and we make money. Uh, but wholesaling land or wholesaling houses is kind of similar isn't it very kind similar of stuff with paper and you make money yeah, yeah. kind of but land is so much easier now i still do i still love houses i still like lease options i still like wholesaling we're still doing all of that but i think land is a great way to just kind of diversify so not all your eggs are in one basket and uh we've only been flipping our lots for cash we buy it for 15 cents on the dollar sell it for 50 60 cents on the dollar um, and we're going to be soon now starting to sell our lots for on terms with owner financing and uh, for the cash flow. And uh, Mark, um, why don't you talk a little bit about how you can use land as passive income and what is the difference between land and houses and why do you like land so much better? I know you touched on it a little bit, but maybe there's more you could share. Sure. I mean, so what I... You know, when I first started uh, in business, I was doing investment banking and mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And, you know, I always kind of think to myself, well, who's got the, the ultimate business model? And we'd look at these characteristics like, number one, nothing physical, right? Uh, number two, had a one-time sale and then recurring income. Uh, number three, it, it'd be nice if there were huge margins, right? And number four, low competition, and so as you'd go through the analysis of this, you know, a few different businesses would keep kind of popping up. And the top business was life insurance, huh. right? Yeah. Um, but life insurance is not much fun to sell and it's very competitive. Uh, that being said, it's just an idea. It's a one-time sale. You get this recurring passive income. And then as I started discovering land investing, it hit all the criteria. No competition. You go to a RIA meeting, right? 100 people in the room, 99 of them are going to be home flippers. You'd be the only land guy. Uh, it's a one-time sale. You got passive income. And the way that we do it, uh, because I know Alex is so interested in this. So, you know, let's use Alex as <laughs> Yeah, an and Alex, you know, we can see your, your monitor on your on your glasses so we can tell if you're not paying attention or not. Oh, yeah. I'm paying, I'm here. <laughs> All right. I mean, my whole my whole goal of this podcast is not to make Alex yawn. Okay. So <laughs> Alex, where where do you live? I'm in Virginia. Okay, so I uh, so you know. And Alex by the is, way, I love land. I'm, I I mean, I love developing it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so Alex is in Virginia. I go to the tax roll. I go to the assessors, and I see all the people that own real property. And Alex owes two hundred dollars back taxes on this little lot 
in Texas. Ooh. So I look at the comps and I divide by four. And that gets me to my 300% margin of safety, like that Warren Buffett would say. So I don't send Alex's letter saying, hey, I'm interested in, in owning your land. Because Alex is like, well, I'm interested in selling you my land. Because now in the appraisal business, I actually send a, a real offer of, of what Joe said earlier, you know, 10 to 15 cents on the dollar. In our case, let's say it's 25 cents on the dollar based on the comps, right? Three to 5% of people will accept that offer. And the reason Alex is going to accept that whoa, offer whoa, whoa. is he has- you, you just don't, I don't know if you guys caught that listening in. Three to 5% are accepting the offer that Mark is sending them. That's insane. You don't get that in houses. I mean, if you were to send the kind of offers like we're talking about at 25 cents on the dollar, you might get 0.0001% that accept your offer if you're lucky with that. That's amazing. What we're averaging, and it's not even that good, we're averaging about one out of every three to 400 letters are getting accepted offers. So I'm not sure what number that is, but anyway, go ahead, proceed, Mark. Okay, so if it's under 3%, then Joe's probably a little low. Yeah, and if it's over high. 5%, Joe's probably a little high. Yeah. So we know these, we know these metrics. Now, he, you know, Alex accepts the offer. He has no emotional attachment to that law, raw land in Texas because he lives in Virginia. And he's advertising to me. He no longer values it. He owes back taxes. Or maybe he's saying to me, hey, I'm distressed in some way. So he accepts the offer. We go through our due diligence. We go through our checklist. We own the property. And then we have a best built-in buyer, right? The neighbors. So we send out our neighbor letters saying, hey, before we go ahead and openly mm -hmm. market this to the public, Protect your view, protect who's going to be your neighbor, expand your holdings, right? And buy this property. And the way that we sell it, Joe, and the way I want you to sell it now from now on is get your money out on the down payment or within six months of the down yeah. and then create this owner finance note, right? And now you're getting $249, $449, $899 a month, right? A car payment every single month at, let's say, 9% interest. And now you're making a passive income without renters, without rehabs, without renovations, without rodents. And because you don't have to deal with a tenant, you're exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act. And with GeekPay.io, if you don't mind me plugging it. Oh, please go ahead. I we we automate it. <laughs> I know. Joe's like, oh, no. And no, so no. we automate it. This is amazing, too, what Mark has set up. And this is what I wanted to talk with him about on this podcast is how he does his automation and his systems and VAs and all of that good stuff. Um, but you're absolutely right. So you're talking about buying it right because you make your profit when you buy it and then selling it smart where you're selling it, you get your, your money back either immediately with the down payment when you sell it or within six months, usually <clears throat> of the uh, financing. But you don't have to worry about tenants, termites, trash, toilets, hurricanes, Tornadoes. Hey, I don't know if y'all can see. What's his name, Alex? He turned his mic. Okay. But anyway, um, so that's the amazing thing about land. Um, and so you can do a lot of these deals virtually. And this is one of the things I love about land. Um, they're easier that to do Eric, virtually. By the way, Eric, cool kid. Yeah, Eric. You can do land easier virtually than you can houses. Yep. Right. It's scalable. You don't, you know, oh, I, I can't it's awesome, time right? I had to look at a piece of land. I mean, I don't look at it. Um, you know, we outsource all of it. It's all systematized. We're 90% automated with software. And, you know, you can travel the world, go to Czechoslovakia, right? Do deals. All you need is an internet connection and your laptop. It's great. Mark, there's no, there's no uh, tenant dance that you have to do, you know, if a property's occupied and you're like, hey, I want to get my guy in there. He wants to take a look at it and all that kind of stuff. It's just like drive by, take a look, let me know, right? <laughs> right, right. And, you know, let's talk about the dark side of it, right? Because we're using a land contract. If they don't make their payment, there's no cost to foreclose. We get another down payment and we expand that note and get a higher ROI. So we're averaging 800 to 1,000%. ROI on our notes as opposed to 300 to 400% on a cash flip. Now let's talk about, nice. it's a great ROI, but you don't get the tax benefits owning land that you do with houses, right? No, uh, you do now because we got geeky with it. So if you ever had Damien Lupo on your podcast, 
he he sets you up on with something called a qualified retirement plan. It's like a self-directed IRA on steroids. So I can invest with my Roth and get tax-free income wow. or my SEP and get tax-deferred income through this as long as I don't self-deal. As long as you don't self-deal, I can buy and sell raw land through my QRP. But you're right. Typically, you don't get depreciation because land lasts forever like you could do on a house. But if you want to get tax benefits, you can use a self-directed IRA, which I don't recommend. I would recommend a QRP. You can go to totalcontrolfinancial.com. Which stands for what? Qualified, qualified retirement, plan. retirement plan. Gotcha. You can put up to fifty-five grand a year in that qualified retirement plan. What was the website you just gave again, Mark? Uh, totalcontrolfinancial.com. Okay, totalcontrolfinancial.com. Um, can you? Yeah. How do you avoid dealer status? Is there a special thing with land that you can use to um, avoid dealer status? Well, you know, like so, Joe, you're a professional investor, right? Um, Alex, do you have a W any W two income? Ah, uh, yeah, because I'm a S core. Okay, so you know you can you know there's there's like I, I had a I went to a, a really high priced real estate attorney out here, and you know he's like looking at what I was doing like you know if there's like 20 parameters like maybe 10 of them I look like a dealer and the other 10 I look like an investor. So what we do is we bifurcate it. So on deals that I that bifurcate, I, wow! Throw, yeah, see that's when you walk on a treadmill. You get to learn big words like that. That's where <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where geek pay comes from. That's there it. Yeah. So what does bifurcate yeah. mean? What is that? So you se you separate them out. So like bifocals. Like bifocals. Like sometimes I'm a dealer, and sometimes I'm an investor. And in certain deals, I'm an investor. In certain deals, I'm a dealer. But for a lot of people. You know, this is like the ultimate side hustle. They, if they're doing this on the side, they have W two income or they own another company, then you can make a strong argument. You're an investor. If you're not putting out the billboards, you're not in the full time engagement of buying and selling raw land. Now, unfortunately, I am in the full time engagement of buying and selling raw land, but on some deals, I am an investor. All right. So, talk to a tax accountant attorney about all that. We're not here to give legal advice. Um, what can you, can you write off? Let's say you create a note for $20,000, your buyer stops paying. Okay. Can you write off the losses that you, like, they're not really technically losses, but can you write that off on your taxes? You know, like they only paid you 10 I, of the 20. No, because you still, I still own the asset. So I didn't have to foreclose. So there was no real loss, but there's a loss of future income. Maybe. My CPA doesn't do it. Maybe I got no. the wrong CPA. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah, okay. No, that's that's completely subjective. You can't say, well, I was going to make this, so therefore I get a deduction on that. That's completely, you know, Yeah, maybe. There. I bet you there might yeah. be a way. It's worth talking I, to a know, CPA about it, right? I, I would say, like, if you want to do that, like, you know, let's say I'm Joe and I've got a million dollars in income, right? <laughs> what I might do is I might donate my million dollar art, quote unquote, that I paid, you know, $100,000 for, donate it to an art museum and say, hey, that's uh, worth a million dollars. Now I offset my million dollar income. But only a few guys like Joe McCall could do that. <laughs> now that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> okay, now, see, all right. Now we're getting, now we're getting geeky. <laughs> um, but that, that, is a, that is a legal loophole, uh, so to speak. All right. Here's, now, here's another interesting loophole if you want to talk about S-Core and tax deduction and stuff like that, right? Let's say you wanted to pay for your kid's private school using a tax deductible vehicle, right? So like what's that? A 29 plan? What no, did you say tax? No, 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 no. Like okay. So let's say you can pay your kids $500 a month, six grand a year, tax under the radar, hundred percent legal, right? So why can't their kid, your kids pay for school with that money that, uh, you paid them for advertising for you every month, $500 a month. What if you homeschool your kids? What if you wanted to pay for private school? I don't know. That's pretty deep. No. $500 a month. Now, if you have four you kids, that's $2,000 a month that you can pay your kids tax deductibly to your company that is not reported because they're your kids and it's 
you can pay $6,000 a year under the tax radar, 100% legal, and then they could do whatever they want with that money. So you Maybe they want to buy you a boat. (laughs) (laughs) They have to do real work though, right? So you just have them... Sure. What if they were to wear shirts like these everywhere they went that said faircashoffer.com on it? Could I pay them $500 a month to do that? Sure. Yeah. This is genius. I'm so glad I came on this podcast. Do you do you like it? I love it. How many kids it, do you have, it, Mark? Is that, is that I've got three. I might adopt another one just to keep up with Alex. <laughs> now, I have not done this yet, but I was talking to somebody out. I went out on his boat the other day and we were talking about this kind of stuff. And he's like, this is how you can pay for private school in a tax deductible fashion because there's nothing that says that kids can't do whatever they want with that money. And you, whether that's even pay for their school or whatever you want to do. But if you pay your kids $6,000 a year, a hundred percent legal and tax deductible in every fashion to your company, who's what they can do whatever they want with that money. Interesting. Interesting. But you know, let me redirect this back to Yeah, redirect it. You he went a little geeky with the art and stuff like that. So I had to throw a little All geek right, in there right. as well. One of the reasons why I love using virtual assistants is I don't have to 1099 them, right? I don't have to W2 right. them. I do just you, do pay... you not? Is that true? You I don't, don't know. Have to... I don't I hire I hire them on Upwork. You know, they take care of it. It's a marketing oh, okay. expense. You know, you do it on Upwork. Yes, you're paying Upwork, right? Mm-hmm. You're not. Right. Now, I do. Indep- I do independent contractor agreements as well. Even with your Filipinos? No, no, because they're 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 on Upwork. Even okay. with your Filipinos, even uh, with people that are Filipino. And what's interesting <laughs> is I, I've actually outsourced my outsourcing. Sorry. So I have my acquisition manager hires yeah. my VAs. So I have my and assistant. So hire I don't. My I, don't VAs. I don't have a one to one relationship with them. So I just pay the the invoices. All right, so I don't know. My, we, we, I'm not a tax guy. I hate taxes, but the, none of us are tax guys, you know. But that's <laughs> it's interesting. Now you might see my screen flash a little bit, but I'm going to look for paying your kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so I know you. I know you can pay your kids. I, that that's a could, w- you that, can that's pay your kids cut, yeah, for whatever you want. Yeah, you can pay your kids as long as there's and your spouse, and you can if there's as long as they're you're making an argument that they are doing something for the business. Yeah, you'd have you to prove. I that. think isn't um, advertising though something that is completely subjective and versus work eyeballs and all that kind of stuff? Would you, Joe, if I paid you five hundred dollars a month, would you wear this shirt wherever you went? <laughs> no. No. You wouldn't? I'd, for a day, I okay. would. One or two days. <laughs> well, there you go. What if you just charged me for a day $500? Would I pay it? What if we went? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. So yeah. um, virtual assistants. Uh, it used to be just 10 years ago, practically, that it was really hard to find virtual assistants. Now they're super easy. And uh, they're great because they save you a lot of money. Um, and you know, I still use local assistance. I should, I should clarify that. I still use local assistance because I have found my productivity is higher with local assistance. But when you hire virtual assistants, um, you can write that off as an expense, as a marketing expense, and you don't have to worry about payroll or 1099 of that's for that stuff. Um, so Mark, you've been, one of the things I really like about the way you run your land business is that you've you automate and you outsource 90 something percent of your business. Can you talk a little bit about what that means and what are you actually automating and outsourcing? So the whole business for me is, is basically um, automated and outsourced. So I'm, I'm, I'm personally at a hundred percent, but you know, a lot of my clients are at 90%, right? They're still doing the selling uh, aspect of it, but if we break up the, the big chunks of the business piecemeal, you know, the first piece is county research, right? Where are we going to go and start sending out our offers? And doing that research is critical because if that goes off the rails, everything goes off the rails. So you got to do your county research. Then you've got to get the list. So you get the list from the assessor or the treasurer or a title company, oh, wait, what, you know, agentpro247.com. Why can't you just buy a list of all of the landowners between 5 to 20 acres or whatever? You absolutely can. 
And then, so do you mail them all or do you just mail like the tax delinquents or out of state owners and stuff like that? Well, we want to batch it by APN or subdivisions because I don't want to do due diligence on 20 different areas, right? I want to do it by area by area to make our due diligence a little bit easier. So, so we'll, we'll batch out our offers. Um, We'll automate that using our software and you can use a combination of lob uh, Podio, Globiflow, Zapier to automate it yourself, but we've hard coded it because I don't, I don't trust third party solutions. So, you know, so the offers automatically go out and then we get our acceptance. And then once they get accepted, we have our, uh, VA in the Philippines go through the title search, get us the GIS and the plat map and kind of break down all the characteristics of that land short of actually seeing it, right? Then we'll post a Craigslist gig, which we actually automate with software, um, postingdomination.com forward slash the land geek. And then we'll have somebody we'll talk about locally. talk that in a minute. That's really important, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we'll have somebody locally go out, take pictures, shoot video, fill out our property report because we want to make sure the neighbors aren't dumping. You know, we just want to make sure like, you know, there's, it's not a meth lab nearby. What's the <laughs> road like? Whatever sure. it is, um, just that little final piece. Then we close on the transaction. Um, sometimes we close directly. Sometimes we use like a de facto uh, notary service escrow, de facto escrow. Or, and then if it's 5000 or more, we use a title company. Now we own the property. We send out our neighbor letters. Again, we automate that via LOP. And then if they pass, we go to our buyers list. Then we go to Craigslist and we go to Facebook buy-sell groups. And we, sell, we should sell that property in 30 days or less, mm-hmm. right? Then once we sell the property, we use geekpay.io to automate the back end. We get our down payment. And we automate the recurring payments. So it's a set it and forget it type system. If the ACH fails, we actually have a credit card as a backup on file as well. So okay. Alex, we're assured of getting paid. Nice. You I skipped- did, I, did I mention the site, Alex? Geekpay.io. Geekpay.io. We'll talk about that in a minute uh, because that's where you collect all your payments and it's a system that you created and there's not anything else like it in the land investing business. And you're actually now starting to go into other businesses as well. Um, You missed an important part. You didn't miss it, but you talked about it real fast. Um, The handling the calls from sellers and buyers. So So how do you automate that? Okay, so we use RingCentral and we use a Zap. So if they hit one to buy land, that goes to the acquisition manager. But if they hit two to sell land, that goes to fancy hands with our script because sometimes they want to just call and yell at us about the lowball offer. They don't really want to sell the land. So we have the fancy hands VA get our script and then qualify the seller. They're really a seller. And then that goes to the acquisition manager. The acquisition manager then sends an email saying we're going to close in seven days. Fancy and here's hands. Here's the process. I, fancy, I, hands. fancy hands. I thought like you would jazz have, hands. No, fancy hands. It's <laughs> like, uh, how do, would you describe it? You hire VAs at like a certain they're number US of hours. Based, yeah, yeah, they're US based VAs, and that's our intake process. All right. So um, I, th- I would have thought you would have had a just a full time dedicated VA to handle I, I those incoming calls. I can't have a full time dedicated because that person would take so much abuse. They wouldn't last. They would hate it. It's not a, it's, it's not a fun job. And, um, this way, it's you know, it, it's, it's outsourced and, and I, and I'm bulletproof in that sense. Right. I, I don't want to keep having to, to retrain somebody on the intake process. There's not m- any money in it. They're not going to get a commission for talking to a seller. So, you know, this comes out to about, I want to say three bucks a call on average. Fancy hands isn't a bad website, is it? Okay, it's not. I just, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, just no, I, mean, fancy, I love I fancy like, hands. They, they do research. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to book a flight, if they're going to, I never stay on hold. I just text them, you know, call this person then connect me. Um, fancy hands is great. They're, you know, they're so fantastic. Interesting. You're using them to take your local calls. They'll take your land calls. <laughs> The land, to take the land calls and, and qualify, are they a, really a seller or are they just upset? I have never and heard of anybody using that before. Go ahead. Because I'm so geeky, Joe. Because <laughs> And that makes total sense. Um, we just got a seller that called us and left a voicemail 
I got all these monitors and treadmills and microphones. I'm getting confused and lost here. Uh, we had a guy call us up. Um, he said, you bozos. He called us bozos. <laughs> he said, you got to just stop sending me these letters. I'm talking just like he did. You are just nice. a bunch of idiot bozos. He's going on and on about bozos. Uh, so, you know, I guess that's pretty tame compared to some of the language we've heard recently. I put it onto Facebook. I put it onto your group, Alex. I saw. Yeah, it was funny. It's so funny. I, I have so many funny letters that come back. Uh, I haven't gotten glitter yet, but I'm just waiting to get glitter. Um, but like people get so upset by these things. Like, you know, I get lowball offers. I just throw it away. Like, just throw it away. Yeah, I know. But it, I know. They get, it. Yeah. All right. So, so um, what are you using for managing all of your deal flow? You used to use Podio. What are you using now? Right. So I, so mine's called LG Pass. It's the LandGeek proprietary automated software system. And it's basically off of the Podio okay. uh, system. We just hard coded it and it's super fast and it's the same exact thing. You go through each phase of the business using it just like you would with, with Podio. Um, okay. So it's similar to Podio. You put all of your data in there. It sends the, mm -hmm. when you, when you get the list of, you know, 10,000, you know, names and addresses, you put it in there. You, you, you can send the mail from there. Correct. To go out to sellers. Well, you put in your offer or your calculation and it calculates the offers for you. Correct. Sends the letters for you. So when the calls come in, um, when they go to fancy hands, they do they ask them like, is there a code on the on the letter or something like that? Yeah, all that's explained in our in our script to the fancy hands representative. Okay, who, who then will then email our acquisition manager with the information needed for the acquisition manager then to go back into LG Pass, take notes on that record, and then close or not close. Right. So then they can look up that data from that code that's on the letter and then attach it to the new lead that comes in. That new lead then is in the database and uh, you or maybe your acquisitions manager will look at that, do the due diligence at that point, right? And determine right. if there's access, determine if there's, you know, HOAs is a big deal. You need to know if there's, if there's HOAs, you should probably pass on the deal. Are there yeah. back taxes? And that's not a big deal because you can cover that, but like, you need to know that stuff. And is, is the person on title, the same person that you're talking to, or are they deceased? So you do some due diligence like that, right? Right. Now we've also taken a step further. Now we do have a dedicated VA that's also us based to retrade, right? So we get to the point where we do, we're done with due diligence. And sometimes the acquisition manager is so overloaded with deals that we have another VA will call back and say, Hey, look, you know, I know our initial offer is a thousand dollars, you know, $200 of back taxes and your neighbors are selling the same property for seven fifty. So we now have to only, the most we can pay you net is seven fifty, And then they'll say, ah, ah, ah. and then what we'll do is we'll give that VA an extra hour as a bonus. So for getting the deal down. Okay. So now they're motivated to retrade. Interesting. And then it goes back to the acquisition manager, close at 750. And then we actually use Lob even to send out a seller check. So I don't even have to write checks anymore. Take that, Alex Youngblood. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you're using Lob, the integration with Lob, to send even the checks. Right. Um, but are you, uh, how does that work? You know, do you have the mobile notary when you're, when you're getting the deed signed, deliver, hand deliver the check to the, Seller? No, no. So what we'll do is we'll use Simplifile. So I only use, use work with Simplifile counties. So once the seller signs and notarizes that deed, right then and there, we'll have the notary, if they're there, scan or take a picture with their smartphone, the deed. We'll then record the deed via Simplifile. Simplifile will record that deed within five to 10 minutes. Once we get confirmation it's been recorded, it has gotten kicked back, we'll then say, okay, we're going to send you a check. Oh, so you don't, you don't exchange it right there. No, because the problem is what happens if the assessor kicks it back? Huh. Right? Now I, got, and now I got to go chase the seller again. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. You got my money. I don't have your property. 
Well, that's the way we've been doing it. I need to look into that. Um, all right. So the, the, um, oh, I forget what I was going to say. You, you then, uh, you get the seller to sign the paperwork. You get them the check. You go and you get somebody local there to take pictures, shoot a video. Right. So about a $50 Craigslist gig, shoot pictures, take video. We've got some amazing pictures and videos from Craigslist on some of our lots. I was shocked. And uh, just looking at some of these this, these lots that we buy, they're incredible. They're gorgeous. Tons of trees in the mountains with views of the mountains. Uh, on, on When you're looking at it from Google Earth, you don't think much of it. It doesn't look that crazy. It doesn't look anything. But then when you're there, you know, it makes a huge difference. And it probably helps you sell these deals a lot faster, right? If you have good pictures. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What What's awesome about it is for 50 bucks, I now have this county evergreen for the rest of my life. Because, you know, you've gone out to look at raw land. It all looks the same. So as long as they're in the near vicinity of it, I don't need to have to spend $50 every single time okay. in the same area. It's just one time, you know. So I've got a list of counties with pictures and videos. And as long as it's not outside of that radius, we don't need to go out and have them, you know, do it again. Let me ask you this. Um, okay, so from a developer standpoint, right? Let's say you're looking for big deals that you could flip to the big developers that are coming in and building 100 house subdivisions and stuff like that, right? right. Are you doing deals like that or would you be just more of the smaller one-off kind of, you know, build small cash flows kind of thing? I, I See, I like to do the cash flow small thing. You know, we've done deals like that um, but it was kind of an accident. Like we just got lucky. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, or, you know, like we did a deal with a public company, they were doing, uh, geothermal out there. Yeah. They had to have it. So, you know, those things will happen and you'll make, you know, ridiculous Joe McCall type money, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, it's not like the focus. Joe's so, like so mad at me. So the key, the you key make is more money than I do, Mark. The key yeah, is the it's, it's just fun, Joe. Because the key is the tax delinquent list. Is that right? Uh, no, no, not necessarily. That's the lowest hanging fruit. I think the key is the assessor's parcel list of all the real property owners, and then sort it by use code. So you have vacant land. Okay, so what's yeah. what's the best so, way to get that, Mark? That list. There's, there's. I mean, there's vacant. You can go on list source and and go and do uh, that. I, I like to just go straight to the assessor and ask him for that list. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So you'll you'll go straight to the assessor, ask them for a CD of all of their parcels. Right, all the real property. They give you the runaround, or they make do they it give difficult. you an Excel sheet at least? Or you... I I want Excel. Now I might have to convert it using CloudConvert.com. Uh-huh. It's not in a good format, or I have to go to like you know Fiverr and have them convert it. Right, uh, fancy hands, which I'll you know I'll do, but for the most part. I, I want it in Excel. In fact, I have to have an Excel or CSV to upload it into my software. Right. Now, okay. are you doing this locally or would you attempt it locally or you're trying to do it out well, in Timbuktu kind of stuff? I mean, I, I want to be in states that are fast growing sunshine states and I want to be, you know, two to three hours from the nearest town because that's where I'm going to get the, the least expensive land. Right. I mean, do I want to do million dollar in lots in Manhattan? Two, you said two to three hours closest to the biggest city. Life. Three, yeah. yeah, yeah. So far away, two to three hours away from civilized life. Yeah, I mean, you know, Alex, you got to remember, and we talked about this in the first podcast. There's a pig, There's for, a every pig for every barn. Every barn. Come on, right? You're, you're not the buyer. There's right. people out there that don't like people. Right. You know, they, right, they're, right, right. They, they're preppers. They want to get away. They want to get off the grid. When the zombie apocalypse happens and the government's going to come and take their guns, they want a place so they can get away and hide and hide their guns and grow their pot and hug their trees. And whatever it is that they're into, they want to be able to get away. And you'd be shocked. And the cool thing about this is uh, I thought it would be hard to sell these lots. Like who would want right. to buy something that far away? Right. But it's amazing to me how quickly we we're building our buyers list and how now um, we're selling. We're at a point where we've got buyers calling us. When are you going to get some more land in this county? Of course. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lust for land in this country. I've, I've got a, a CEO in San Diego. He spends five grand a month with me. Never go out, never go, goes out to look at the property every year. I just want to keep buying more property. And and is he, I've, I've wondered about that. Is he buying it just, 
or have a place where he can park his money or is he what is he uh, trying I, to hide his money or what is it I, I really don't know i think he just thinks it's cool you know how some people collect uh stamps i think he collects raw land <laughs> so and he can afford it so when like you say raw land you mean like raw like trees on it not cleared no water and sewer taps to it Nothing. raw as in raw as in raw Raw as in raw as in raw. raw. And it, it, it'll blow you away. It blew me away thinking that, you know, they're just looking for a place where they can um, uh, right, take their four-wheelers, go riding, maybe one right. day build a cabin, go camping. And so the uh, there's people out there that want that land. And it it's also makes it easier to negotiate those cheap prices. Because, I mean, as an example deal, we're buying them for $750. They're worth maybe five thousand dollars, or maybe ten thousand. We're buying them for a thousand, and we're selling them for cash for five thousand. We're selling them for terms at ten thousand, approximately. Right. So you can't do that with land that's in the suburbs, or you know, right next to the suburbs in in a major city. Right. 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 And right, you're not right. going to get anybody who's distressed. Right. They're going to go to a realtor if they want to get sell their infill lot or their beautiful, you know, half acre mountain view, you know, million dollar homes are being built there. They're not right. going to sell it to you for 25 cents on the dollar. Not for so, 25 cents on the dollar. Now no. They might sell it for 75, 85 cents on the dollar, but too- now you've got a huge outlay of capital, right? Right. Your property taxes are going to go way through the roof and it's a completely different model. Can you do it? Absolutely. Right. Now we're speculating as opposed to investing, which I don't want to do. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Okay, so you've got you got the system that sends the marketing out for you. Maybe you know you're doing your own due diligence at the beginning to determine what are we going to offer for these lots in these counties. You've got fancy hands that answers the phones when sellers call. You've got an acquisitions manager that is kind of handling these deals for you, and you pay them a percentage of the deal. Is that about how right? It works? They eat. They eat. They kill. So okay. they get a percentage of the profit. And uh, do you have another? Is does that acquisitions manager also sell the land for you? Is he responsible Correct. for that? Okay. So he's he's responsible for managing the marketing, and managing the the Craigslist postings, the Facebook postings, uh, the customer service of it. You know, answering the questions and closing the deal. Now, whether or not he does it himself or he has a VA doing it, I don't care. But as long as we're doing it, I'm happy. And then if I'm not happy, I have a little fang. I don't like to show too often. What the 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 fang comes out. All right. Like, wow. Let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about two more things here. Um, your Craigslist thing that you talked about, posting domination. This was something that Scott Todd created, right? And right. Uh, we bought that. It's pretty amazing. I just interviewed Scott Todd a month or two months ago. I hope you've been getting good feedback on that interview. It was really really good podcast. Yeah, absolutely. But he created something called Posting Domination, and that is all about posting on Craigslist regularly uh, and getting through all of their ghosting and their flagging and traps and things like that. Um, And so you're using that system as well right now, right? Correct. Correct. Cool. Um, And then the other question I wanted to ask you, well, I forget. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, how many deals have you done, Mark? You've been doing this for a long time. How many deals have you done? How many, what, like, can you get into a little more detail? What percentage of your deals are terms deals? What percentage are cash? And uh, how many notes do you hold approximately right now? So as far as notes, I probably have over 500 notes. Uh, as far as deals, um, we try to do a deal a day. Um, we're on track right now for about a deal every other day. Okay. But when we set our, our annual goal, we want to, we want to do that. Um, we're at over 2 million this year. Um, and I've done over 5,200 unique transactions. So 2 million in gross. Gross lots. enterprise value. Yeah. So that's how much land you own. No, that's how much we've sold so far this year. Okay. So, so, and, so, and so I you, nine, yeah. 
Go ahead. Uh, 50, so that's the number you sold it for. So if it or is that the value that it was a $50,000 lot you. Right. So let's say that I've, I've invested 200,000 to buy and I've, I've sold for 2 million on terms. Okay. And, ho got and hopefully got my 200,000 out or something close. All right. Yeah. So what, um, what percent of your deals do you sell on cash and what percent on terms? Well, now I don't want to sell any on cash. So we always market for terms. And the reason being is we started a new company called tlfolio.com. So basically what we can do then is we can take our 12 months of cash flow and we can sell it to an investor like Alex. So Alex is happy making, let's say, 12% on a passive basis. Like He's not interested in, in going through the rigmarole of buying and selling all land, but he's really happy buying my cash flow and making 12%. And then that note reverts back to me after 12 months. And so because I have such a huge partial, what's that? You're selling partials. partials. Right. And so if I have somebody who stops paying me, Alex won't feel it because I just slide another note in and I'll just add that to the security agreement and just edit the security agreement. So he won't feel it. He'll get, keep getting his 12% each month. I get the cash out to redeploy. And that's how we're managing our cash flow. So is that... Are you selling partials with substitution of collaterals, essentially? Is that what you're doing? We're, we're selling partials with a UCC agreement and a security agreement. Nice. Do you have to be registered with like the FCC and all that kind of stuff? Not at all. The SEC, I mean. No? No, no, no. You have to be registered with the SEC if you're doing a fund. If you're what? Doing a fund. We're not doing a fund. Okay. Yeah. So this is just selling a partial of a note. One to one, right? Right. So, yeah. One to one, important. Yes. Very, very important. Okay. So, Mark, you're doing pretty well on the passive income side of things, right? A hundred. Right. So, so the, the goal is basically you want your passive income to exceed your fixed expenses, which is why I keep hazing Joe about how wealthy he is because I live in a really expensive part of the country compared to St. Louis. <laughs> so, the, the resentment has built up and like he's going to go eat emos tonight and I'm going to have to pay for like, $30 for like some gourmet, you know, pizzeria out here. I hate emos. I'm not from, St. Not from Louis. St. Louis. Emos is the worst. I don't know why local people in St. Louis like emos. Of course, my kids who are all raised here love emos now. So I couldn't, yeah, I, mean, I couldn't do anything. You to grow stop up that. With it. Yeah. That Provo cheese is addicting. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, so, okay. What, let's talk about that um, real quick and then we'll let you go. Mark, appreciate your time. Uh, somebody okay. wants to make, 10 grand a month in right. passive income. Can you give us a quick roadmap? Like how, you know, what would they need to do? Like, um, and, and approximately how many deals would they need to do? And is that possible within a year? Yeah. I mean, you know, Scott Todd, uh, replaces fortune 300 income in 17 months and three days. That was well over 10, 10,000 a month. Um, you know, he's just a good example of it. Yeah. So it just depends on, on what you need to do, but it's just a numbers game. So you just do your backwards calculations. If I'm, you know, let's just be super conservative, right? If I can close 1% of my deals, right? And then just say, look, the average note is 200 bucks a month, right? I need 50 notes, mm -hmm. the 10,000 a month. Yep. So very, you know, very doable. I'm pulling uh, out my little sure. spreadsheet here. So if you wanted to do 10 grand, it's opening. Come on, fancy hands. Which is easier than houses, by the way. Well, because you can get a house. your yield is way higher at two hundred a month on twenty thousand than opposed to two hundred a month on one hundred and twenty thousand. <laughs> right, right. Although, although the hundred twenty thousand asset will be better when it's paid off as opposed to the twenty thousand dollar asset. Yeah, but you know, think about the headaches that you go through to have that value at the end of the day. Right. right. And all the risk and all the, I mean, like Hurricane well, Irma is a good, you know, a good example. Like, can you imagine like, you know, in Florida, you got to pay 2% of the value of that house as a deductible. You own 20 houses. You could get wiped out financially on one act of God versus, you know, a land investor. It dries up and you're on your way. All right. So I'm looking at some numbers here. Um, if you wanted to make, um, divided by 12 equals this divided by 4.33. All right. So if you wanted to make 10 grand a month in passive income within a year, 
and your average note was $200, you would need 50 vacant lots. Okay. Um, but that's going to, if your average lot costs you a thousand dollars, is that fair? We can, sure. Okay. Um, and it's maybe worth 8,000. Okay. You buy it for a thousand and then, uh, you're going to have to, you know, you're going to need fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 to buy those lots. So maybe you need to flip for cash 25% of your deals. So if I add to get the cash to the profits to buy the yeah, lots. Yeah, Joe, can... like I've, I've got a lot of clients that they just do a dual closing. They've got no money. They can afford a stamp. So they lock up the deal. They pre-sell okay. it. All they right. use the sell. Yeah. So you don't right. need to have that much money sitting in the bank. Okay, so you're doing. You're I, mean, looking... I, I started with three grand. <laughs> All right. All right. So you you need to do. Let's say if you do sixty flips a, in in your first year right. to get fifty that you sell on terms. Right. That's about five a month, one right. and a half a week. Right. Uh, about one and a half deals a week. Now that's right from the get go. You know, maybe at the beginning, the first couple months, it's a lot slower. Eventually, you get to a point where you're doing two or three deals a week. But how doable is that for somebody that is just getting started? Is maybe thinking about I want to quit my job sooner rather than later. I'm thinking about this or that. How hard is it to do one or two deals a week? I think that it just depends on the person and their why, right? Because they're going to encounter challenges like everybody does in business. And will they go through them? So, you know, there's enough examples out there of people who've done it. It's the question is, will you embrace the suck long enough to do it yourself? I don't know. But is it easy? No. Is it simple? Yes. Yeah, that's good. I like that. And I know those are hard questions to answer. I get asked them all the time. Um, but let, let's look at what I like to do is working backwards. Okay. So if I need to do, let's say I want to do 1.5 deals a week. Okay. Uh, and I'm getting a 3% response rate. Is that a fair? Sure. Maybe sure. I should do 1% response rate. Well, let's do a 1% close rate. 1% so close rate. Get, yeah. There's a yeah. difference. Yeah. Okay. So I take 1.5 divided by 1%. So I need to send out 150 letters to get uh, 150 letters a week to do one deal a week. Right. That's insane. Right. So we recommend people like working out, like just send out 20, 20 letters a day. It's 140 a week. Well, okay. But double that. One deal you, out you, of you 300 letters. It. The problem with doubling it is when you first start, that's why I call one of my programs more deals you can handle. It literally could be more deals you can handle. Okay. And that's, that could be the problem. Now, the luxury that we have is that unlike you know housing, there isn't someone waiting to close on that deal because you might be the only letter they see for months. And then, you know. You get so them at no, the right time. Yeah, there's no urgency to close, close, close really fast, but it does take time to, to, to handle it, especially and, and when you're a newbie. Obviously, there is a learning curve too. It takes some time to oh, learn. Yeah. You know, it's a little intimidating when you're first thinking about I got to prepare the deed myself. I, I don't, I can't use a title company, or, I mean, you could, right. but that's going to cost some money to do, right? But, um, right. your we automate that with our software too. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> Yeah. LG Pass will prepare the deeds for you in most counties. Right? And the contracts. Right. So what used to take me 20 minutes in paperwork now takes about two seconds. That's awesome. It's amazing. It's the best time ever to be in business. It, it sure really is. is. Automation. Not just my business, yeah. any business. Your business. It's just amazing what we can do today. You know, this is so cool because um, I've been to Europe four times since we've been married. Um, twice with all four of my kids. And uh, we would flip houses from Europe, from Prague, which is in the Czech Republic. Mark Podolsky, who should be, who should know this, because your last name is from that area of the of the world, right? It's Correct. not, it's not Czechoslovakia anymore. Sorry, I know, I know. Uh, but where where is your family from? Where's your namesake from? Uh, Podolsky, Ukraine. Ukraine, so a little town in Ukraine. Yeah, yeah, cool. All right, um, all right. So then, uh, 
uh, it, I remember when we were in, I did a couple, th- I did three workshops in Spain, actually. And um, I remember at the time training people how to flip houses virtually, thinking, I wonder if they would have any interest in land. And I was just getting started into land, and I started talking to the people about it there. And it was amazing to see their eyes light up and their ears perk up and leaning forward, like, tell us more about this land. What do you mean? And so uh, I met somebody there who is from, uh, I forget which country in Africa, maybe Nigeria. And this culture in Africa, they really value land ownership. It's like a real sign of uh, wealth, prosperity, uh, God's blessing, you know, whatever. And so... um, the idea that you could actually buy this land that cheap and sell it. So this one lady came to me and she said, Joe, there's a lot of wealth in this part of Africa. And uh, I could sell those lots all day long to people in Africa. Some of the wealthy families that live out there because it's land, you know, I thought that was fascinating. I thought it was really interesting. Anyway. Could I have her number? (laughs) I have it somewhere. This was about a year ago, year and a half ago. I'm not, I'd have to look it up. Um, but that's something you could maybe even think about, Mark. Uh, well, going- yeah, I mean, we, we've tried to crack the Chinese market. Um, that's a whole other thing, actually. Um, there you go. Mark's they, selling they, all of our land to the Chinese communists now. Yeah, yeah. Good but, idea. <laughs> um, you know, we looked at the Japanese market at, at a point in time. But, you know, there's a luster land in the U.S., so yeah. I don't want to, you know, chase the shiny object of different markets, even because I have, and it just wasn't, you know, you know, you, you got to look at the eighty twenty rule, right? And and just focus on that. Yep. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. If anybody listening to this podcast is interested in learning how to invest in land, um, Jack Bosch has a great course. You can go to. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> He does. I'm a friend. Go, go to landforpennies.com. <laughs> no, uh, I'm friends with Jack. I give him a hard time. In fact, I'll see him next week. I'm going to be in Florida next week. But anyway, um, Mark Podolsky has a uh, fantastic system. Uh, the LG Pass. I, don't, I think we signed up for it. I don't remember. I know you sent me the link for it. Um, but it's an amazing tool that kind of automates this entire process like we've been talking about. Uh, Geekpay.io. Geekpay.io is what handles the payment processing. And uh, what's a good website, Mark, for people to go to to get information about your course? Yeah, I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com. Okay. And then, you know, get the passive income blueprint, get our ebook, How to Avoid the Three Fatal Land Buying Mistakes. The Start investors, listening to the Investor's yeah, Toolkit it, it, is on the. Well, uh, that's not on there, but if you, if you want our passive income launch kit, Send us an email, support at thelandgeek.com. Uh, put the subject line, Joe McCall or Wealthy St. Louis or Emo's Pizza. Um, something so I know it came from Joe. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And uh, we'll send you for free the $97 passive income launch kit. And then, you know. What's that email see, address again? See if, see if we're a good fit. And my email is a support at thelandgeek.com. Support at thelandgeek.com. Thelandgeek.com. Right. Very nice. And that's all automated, by the way. <laughs> all right. Uh, so then, uh, Mark, the if somebody wants to sign up for LG Pass or the software and tools that you use, can they do that too? Or do they have to be a student? Or how do you work that out? Yeah. I mean, typically we want to make sure that you're properly trained. Okay. So if you're already doing deals, then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look into it. But otherwise, um, we want to train you first or um, and make sure you're already doing deals and then you can really appreciate the power of LG pass. Otherwise you'll just get this tool and you won't use it and you're, you're getting mad at me. I'm, you know, I'm spending whatever amount of money it is I'm spending and not getting results. And yeah. now I'm mad at Joe McCall and Alex Youngblood because I listened to the podcast and this geeky okay. guy said I could automate and yeah. Sorry, all right. Joe. All right. And, uh, you have a really good Facebook group. It's the, I think it is now the biggest, uh, land investing Facebook group. Am I right? I don't know. I don't know. I think it is because I was the other day looking for land investing in Facebook groups and yours was the biggest. It's now the official, that's another whole story, the official land motivation uh, Facebook group. So uh, if you guys are into Facebook, you want to check out Mark's group. You don't have to be a student to join. Anybody can get in there, right? Correct. 
yeah, it's a great group to go in and just kind of see the discussions that are going on about land investing. Mark pops in there once in a while to give some advice, teach some cool things. Um, they announce their podcasts. And so uh, that Facebook group is really good. I think it's called the Official Land Motivation, right? And Something. Wealth Creation Group. And yeah. Wealth Creation Group, yes. Right. Um, I, don't know of any other, I don't know of another Facebook group that is bigger than yours. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now, of course, Alex is smiling because he has the largest Wholesaling Houses Facebook group. Wholesaling houses full time. That's a good group as well. Uh, and then your podcast, Mark. What's the best place to go to find uh, your podcast? Yeah, the Art of Passive Income podcast. Nice is uh, the best place to go. And uh, hopefully, I have you guys on soon. Sure. I know, Joe. Joe you're on Best Passive Income. Were you on? Were you on the Art of Passive Income? Model I was, and you you made me really uncomfortable. Uh, what did <laughs> I do? You made me. You asked me that stupid question. Uh, isn't land the best passive income model? In the world. Oh, I remember oh, yeah, that. Yeah. I remember that. I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I knew I, it was coming I, too. I, I really hope I'm not coming off too obnoxious for your audience. <laughs> I, just because I, I feel like, you know, I'm literally not, 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 not this familiar with our with the hosts. <laughs> it's fun. I'm just giving you a hard time because I, I can, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You gave me a hard time. No, but it was a really good show, and uh, I still get tweets. Your automation is out there tweeting my episode all the time that I did with you on your show, uh, which is cool. But uh, you asked everybody at the time, and I thought this was really actually brilliant. Um, every host, every guest that you'd have on your show, you would talk to them and challenge them to punch holes in what you felt was the best passive income model in the world. And, I remember um, that podcast. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody ever did bust a hole through it or like. Jay, Jay Massey said it's not because you don't get the tax benefits of depreciation. I brought that up. And you brought that up. And I think that is a fair, um, a fair criticism of the model. But I think that we, if you invest through your QRP or a self-directed yeah, IRA, I think that handles it. But. It is a fair uh, criticism of it. For sure. Massey's a smart guy too. <laughs> so he is would, a smart guy. I wouldn't want to argue about him with that about yeah. him. Um, okay. Well, you've been a gracious guest on our show, Mark Podolsky. Sure. Appreciate it. And uh, guys, we know we gave a lot of uh, websites, fun. a lot of links. So go to the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com. We've interviewed Mark before. So go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Look for Mark up in the search bar. You'll find our previous interview that we did with Mark. Check out his stuff. I'm telling you, um, there's not a lot of really good courses out there on land investing, and Mark has one of the best. Uh, trust me, I've seen them. I think all of them. I've been through almost all of them. And uh, Mark's is top-notch. It's really, really good. And he's got a lot of good free resources on his website. He's got a great podcast. Also, I want to encourage you guys to listen to, if you haven't already, listen to the interview we did with um, Scott Todd, who works with Mark, just about a month ago. Uh, it was one of the best podcasts I've ever done. And I, I told this to Scott and it was really, really good. It got me fired up about land. And uh, so it's good to have multiple streams of income. You know, it's good to be thinking about, uh, you know, if, if, if the housing market collapses or if, you know, I wouldn't, I don't necessarily say that you should just be focusing on one thing, maybe exclusively, but once you get that one thing figured out, then start looking at adding on another one thing, you know, start looking at adding on land as a way to maybe diversify your um, investing portfolio, all that good stuff. Cool. Any last words, Mark? Uh, I really appreciate you, uh, you, you putting up with me, Joe and Alex. Um, it's, I'm just you know, honored to be back here and, and uh it's, it's great. And I would just say to the listeners that uh, my favorite quote is, if you'll do for the next three to five years what other people won't do, you'll be able to do for the rest of your life what other people can't do. Yeah. And that's good. You know, it, you know, and it doesn't matter, you know, which model or which thing you do. But if you have a plan and you execute on that plan, uh, colors become more vibrant, food tastes better. 
you get a treadmill desk. Everything's better in your life. And you might as well do it. Right? Well, we should look to What's, see who's, yeah. who's sweating more. Is it me or you? Well, it's like 110 here. I hope I am. I, I, I'm sweating a little bit, but I think I see more sweat on Alex's forehead than I do, than I do mine or Mark's. <laughs> it's just all that extra body weight I'm trying to get rid of. <laughs> all right. It's been a fun show. Thanks a thanks, lot, Mark. You, thanks, Alex. We'll see you all later. Take care. Take care. 